Blog Talk Radio. We're going to sing about the faithfulness of God. Are you ready to sing with us? We're going to sing about His faithfulness. He's such a faithful God. I've seen Him show up for me in unique ways. You know, that's why I, I'm quite reckless when I worship. I start doing anyhow, anyhow, anywhere beloved. Somebody say anywhere beloved. Are you ready to worship God with me like that? That is the kind of worship I want. To put your hands somebody's tree.
crying and suffering. There's great suffering coming to this nation. Today morning, God's giving me a dream, a vision. And this vision, I was listening to President Trump. President Trump was telling this nation how this nation economy has fallen. He was asking the people to remain calm because as the economy has fallen, many people, my brother and sister, have was asking themselves why, and that, they have become violently. God was telling me that the violence that have become in America a few months, my brother and sister, hallelujah, Floyd, I thought because of the murder of Floyd was the reason that these riots in America have began, but God was saying to me that this is the violence, this is the rioting that he's been talking to us through his prophet that will come to this nation, my brother and sister, that will be a sign of the end. He was speaking to me this. And as I was listening and watching what he was showing me about this nation, the rioters that have begun on this nation, he was telling me that it will not end, that it was just the beginning, he says to me. But it will not end, that they will continue to increase in America. These riots, these violence will continue to increase. Then he shows me, I was watching President Trump speaking from the White House, telling the people that now that the economy has fallen, telling the people, asking the people to remain calm, and telling them that when he came into office, the economy was already pretty bad. And that what he did, he worked hard with many of his staff, with his staff that he had chosen to work for this nation, to keep the economy going trying to restore the economy back again. But he was telling them that the economy is falling now. And he says, but I still believe if we work together, we can bring this economy back. He was telling the people. You can see the faces of the people listening to him, very angry and very disappointed. He had a, a self-faith on him speaking from the White House to the nations about this economy that has fallen and that he did everything in his power and worked hard day after day to keep this, to try to bring this economy back. But he, now there was nothing else he can do. But he said, but he, he learned there was nothing he can do because it failed. The stock market failed completely. My brother insisted. This economy falling is what God has been telling us. I heard a prophet a day before, yesterday I believe it was, this woman of God, who she was speaking about this revelation that God gave to her. As she was explaining her dream from God, I immediately understood in my spirit that what it meant was the falling of the economy. My brother insisted. And my spirit to me was very clear, the interpretation of a dream that she shared online was the falling of the economy. And so, but I, like I was saying to my wife, I would like to hear from God about it. My brother insisted, because he will talk to me about it when he, was, when he wants to say something like this. And I would like to hear from him like a confirmation. And so God was speaking to me about it. 
in the spirit, he's taking me to show me these things. I don't know how many months from now, my brother and sister, I myself was trying to look at time and understand when, when, how close it is. Is it at the end of the year? I'm trying to, in the revelation, to understand what we are, what month it is, what year it is. As a curious believer, like many of you that are listening will be asking in your mind, when do you see this, brother? Was it 2020, 21, 22, 23? When were you seeing this? I myself was trying to figure out, see if I can see a newspaper, see if I can see the days. But there was nothing there where I was looking up Donald Trump a few feet away from me, maybe 50 feet away. I was sitting like in the middle of the crowd where the reporter sat with him from the White House as he was speaking. I was one of them sitting there listening to the speech of him to the nation. One of the most important speech he was given the nation, Matthew and sister. Oh, Lord, help us. And I'm there trying to figure out what year is it, what month is it, is it this before the election? I was trying to figure out these things. But like in a lot of dreams and vision, someone said to me, look for a day, look for a newspaper. See if you see a day, a computer day or anything. No, I cannot, cannot. I was there with the reporter, and I didn't see no days. My brother and sister in this revelation. But I knew in my spirit it's close. It's not far off. Not far off, my brother and sister. But it's coming to the nation, my brother and sister. It is coming. Then I saw so outside the nation. I was taken outside the nations, and it was like I, I got a quick view of the different state in this nation. People began to riot, my brother and sister, and fight with one another. People were violent, were violently angry of our government, so angry, some I can see in their mind that they were thinking, I can see in their face kind of what they were thinking, they felt like the government had failed them. And what do we care for now? That's what they added to us, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. That was what they added to us. What do we care for now? So much hoping, uh, believing that the economy will be restored again, that we will pay our, they will pay even the national debt or, 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 or restore the economy back where we will be able to save our economy. All that hope now was gone, was gone. And everybody's thinking, how am I going to support my family? Riots began to break. My brother and sister, worse than anything I've seen. But because I've seen them in Dream and Revelation from years before, seeing it now, to me, was kind of normal. My brother and sister, I was not afraid. I was just seeing how bad things are going to turn very quickly. As God allowed me to see all this, my brother and sister, hallelujah, I myself was thinking, am I seeing what 
If this is of God, then God let me know, yes, it is. But remembering him speaking to me at first, at the beginning of the revelation, how the riot we saw at the beginning of this nation, he was saying to me, clear with an audible voice, was only the beginning. And I was thinking of Floyd, as God was speaking to me, how Floyd got killed by those police, my brother and sister, and how now black life matter is all over this nation, including all over the world, my brother and sister. But it was only the beginning. It's the elite agenda, my brothers and sisters, to rise the black people who have been told abuse in so many years because they were slaves unto all these nations. And they still, in the back of their mind, they still remember how their grand-grand-grandparents were slaves. And they feel like they've always been abused. And these elite have touched their feeling of so many years of pain that they have carried. My brother and sister, they're using the weakness to use them against the white, the world, even against themselves. My brother and sister, it is sad, but it's true. My brother and sister. As he was speaking to me, I was thinking about Floyd and how the riots began in Minnesota, my brother and sister, and how it's going around the country now, in Portland, in New York, my brother and sister. When Obama was in office, it was in North Carolina, black against black. People are ready to riot even greater. And the ones behind all this are the elites, those that want to see this nation and the world come to destruction, come to an end, my brother and sister. Those billionaires who don't care for you and I, that thinks that for us being alive, we are eating their food. Food, they believe, will not be enough with seven and a half billion people on the earth. They believe the food supply will not be enough. And that's why they have in their agenda, top of their agenda, depopulation, my brother and sister, depopulation. Obama has in his agenda planned for this nation when he was in office to, to reduce the town and do not to allow the people to move to towns like from New York to small city upstate or another state my brother insisted, and just to keep everyone secluded in, in this bigger state. Hallelujah. His Vice President Biden in his agenda, going into office, wanting to go into office, is still the same agenda. Reduce the town and keep people in the bigger city. Because they knew the coronavirus was coming. And there's another virus coming. My brother and sister. And I, I was telling my wife earlier, I got to say this on the Lord Tower. Before the second virus comes, there's a worse virus that God has shown me that I saw a beginning in New York City, happening in New York City, or entering to New York City like the coronavirus, where I saw this woman dying almost instantly of this virus. I saw the police officer in New York telling people not to come close to her, not to touch her, 
that the CDC have, and FEMA have warned them about this virus, not knowing from where it comes from, and that it might be another coronavirus that we're not aware of yet. And they wonder if it's another worse coronavirus, but this is a second pandem- pandemic coming, worse than the coronavirus, that will kill people almost right away. My brother and sister, if they don't have a vaccine for the first, an accurate vaccine that will stop the first, they are not going to have a second vaccine to stop the second virus. And I feel since God showed this to me, because I was there, my brother and sister, I need to warn people again and again on the Lord's hour before the second pandemic comes which is worse of the coronavirus. And I hope people will take these audio and put it on the Facebook, on the YouTube, or anywhere, and warn the people of the second virus because it's going to be worse. What did God expect people to do? Repent. Repent and come to him. Read the word and repent. My brother and sister, stop. Hallelujah. Go to going to the bar to sin. Stop doing performing abortions. Killing those innocent babies, those innocent children, homosexuals and lesbians, they need to stop and repent and turn away from the wicked way. That's what God expects from each and one of us. Come to his son Jesus for help, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The second pandemic will come, my brother and sister. And then when it comes, I warn people of, of judgment. I'm, I was going out through the archive by the Lord's Tower today, and I downloaded many of the audios. This one audio where I told people back in 2013, my brother and sister, Barack Obama was in office already. And I remember when Chu Thomas was giving her warning about the IFID and all that, I was giving warning that there was a speech of Obama made, but by 2019, 2020, there will be a change on this nation. Changes will come, my brother and sister. And yes, yes, I said there will be changes. 2019, 2020, and 2021, America, I said, will not be the same, my brother and sister. It will not be the same, I said to the people. It will not be the same. And beginning with 2019, hallelujah, the end, hallelujah, 2018 and beginning with 2019, a, a sister wrote to me and said, Brother Elvi, you've been saying that there will be a change. The judgment will begin in this nation and the world. Where is it, Brother Elvi? Okay, Because you say that God's been showing these things. God's been revealing these things to you. Where is it, Brother Elvi? Where is it? And then she wrote to me again and said, Brother Elvi, I told her sister, it's here, it's close. It's going to begin any day, any hour. I don't know when, but it's here. I tell you, it's close. It is close. The Lord let me know it is close. And then when the coronavirus began in China, she wrote to me back again. He said, Brother do you believe this is it? And I said, Sister, I believe it, it is. I believe this is the one that's going to change the world. But only God knows, I said to her. Praise the Lord. I believe this is it. This is the one that's going to change the world. And it began 
and they came to the United States, went around the world, my brother and sister, and it had not stopped. The second pandemic I saw began in New York City. It might be coming from another country, like a coronavirus, but it's going to kill people within minutes. Hallelujah. And even second, people are going to be dead on the floor, my brother and sister. I don't know what it is. I don't know what, what, what from where it's going to come, bats or pig or whatever, but it's going to kill people, my brother and sister, very quickly, very, very quickly, my brother and sister. Someone online had asked, I believe it was Alexa, that from where the coronavirus came from, and she, she said that it was government-made play. Alexa said that it was a government-made play. It's online. You can look it up and hear it. I, I heard it on YouTube, and I was stunned. Alexa said this, my brother and sister, a government-made play. Just like that, she said it to someone that asked, my brother and sister. And the audio is online. You can look it up. Wish I had it right now so I can play it. The government-made play. Plague, my brother and sister. So, the second is coming. It is coming, my brother and sister. And what God is saying to us is, we need to repent and trust him. Get right with him. We need to get right with him. Okay? We need to trust him. We need to be under his protection. Only the Lord, as he has delivered us from the coronavirus, only the Lord can deliver us from the worst. The first coronavirus is like a warning of the worst to come. The second one that comes, my brother and sister, then by the time they take them to the hospital, they're dead already. They're dead on the way. By the time they take them to the hospital, they grab their body, they're dead. They're only taking that body to the hospital. My brother and sister, the ambulance will declare the person dead on sight. My brother and sister, this is very scary to the world and to the nation, but it's coming. It is coming. I don't know what day or hour or year it will begin, but it's about to come. And then when it does come, my brother and sister, I will keep people ahead of this. If the Lord says to me, it's close, I will tell you it's close. He showed me it's coming. Did not tell me when and did not tell me how soon it is. Because for the coronavirus last year, uh, 2019, he told me, my brother and sister, that it was close, it was close, it was close last year. It was close. That's why I was telling the sister, and I said, I'm the Lord, that was close. I don't know when it is, but I believe it's close. And some people say, do you think it's going to start next year? It may start this year or next year, but it's close. That's how close I keep warning people. And when the Lord tells me how close this second one is, I'm going to warn people on the Lord's hour. When I tell you it's close, it may be, my brother and sister, a few months away, a month away, two months away. In, in November of last year, November last year when the Lord was telling me that this was here, it's here, it's here, it's close, it's close, it's close, okay? And so when I tell the people here, it's close. You can be sure if it's a month away, two months away, or three months away when he tells me it's close, okay? It's cl- when he tells me it's close. He had not told me for the second pandemic that is that is close, close. He's not telling me that. 
But when he does, when he gives me the warning, and I'm going to keep asking him to tell me as he dealt with the coronavirus so I can warn people. But again, I felt very strong to say this tonight, that people need to repent and seek the Lord. That a lot of people that need to hear this audio need to prepare and repent, my brother and sister, because it can come by September. It can come by December. It can come by the first of next year. My brother and sister, things are happening quickly. What God reminded me this morning is that what he has said to us, this is the end. He reminded me how he had told us this is the end. He told me that the riot we saw in the m- months ago was the beginning, my brothers and sisters, of the end, that they're going to get worse, he said. They're going to get worse. Hallelujah. Get your emergency food supply ready for you and your family. You don't want the second pandemic to begin, and you're not, you're not having the emergency food supply. And I heard the Lord speaking to someone about this, that many of his children are not listening to him. The Lord said to the sister in the dream or innovation, that many of his children are not getting ready, they're not prepared, and many are not repenting. Many are not repenting, and they're not getting ready with him, as he's been telling them, to the, to, the, to the prophet to get ready. Stock up on food supply. Stock up on food supply. This economy is going to fall. The second pandemic is coming, my brother and sister. If people are afraid of the coronavirus, imagine how much afraid. I still feel like I'm not in fear in New York City when the second pandemic began. I saw the fear. Some people says, my God, a woman yelled, with a really loud voice, my God, she says, how are we going to stop this? How are we going to escape this? So men began to say, and women, they began to run for their lives. And the believers said, please, please calm down. Please calm down, the believers telling people. Okay? We will, we will fight this together. We will stay together. The fear was overwhelming on people's life. When the second pandemic began, my brother and sister, okay, you as a Christian, as a woman of God, as a man of God, I, I don't want you to run out of your house like crazy. I want you to go on your knees before your God. Get on your knees, go into prayer before your God. Even sitting or laying down, however you have to pray, or will pray and cry out to him and ask him to deliver you, your children, your family. Okay, ask them. Begin to repent like you haven't repented before. Hallelujah. And yes, there's a drought also coming. Shortness of water, I've been hearing a lot. The big bank like Bank of America, I heard online, are buying large quantity of water. My brother and sister, they know something about it's coming. There's a problem with water. The, the, the sea water is contaminated. So are many lakes and rivers. Into water, it's going to be a problem, my brother and sister. I have not found an easy way to storage water. I got a big container, like 500 gallons uh, of water that it gets filled with the rain, okay? And I use it for my plant. I use it for, the, for my animal, my chickens. But I have not found a, a, a way to storage drinking water because I, we did storage. Uh, uh, we bought a lot of bottles of water, like, 30s and the 40s and stack up a lot of it 
and and during the year, the, the a lot of the bottles were empty. Uh, it got dried off. A lot of it were more than half, and some even completely empty, as we kept it in our in the basement. And so, keeping up water, stocking up water is a problem. So it might be something that we're going to have to stock up um, seasonal, like three months, four months, and then keep buying more in those months. But it's hard to suck up on water. And if someone has a better way that can share with us how we can suck up on water, we will listen and we we will try it, my brother and sister, because that's been a problem to us over the years. Food, we can use it before it expires, my brother and sister. That's, you know, I have food even share life for five years. And some of the can that it had, they got moisture on them, and, and they rotted, they, they damaged, my brother and sister. So, hallelujah. And so we need to think about ways to do these things, my brother and sister, because when God is telling us to do so, we, need, we must be obedient. That's what Joseph told Egypt, told Pharaoh in Egypt, okay? God provided in the abundance for them to do so. And so when the famine came a seven year, God already had provided the seven year before. He didn't provide it during the famine. He provided during the abundance. For the famine, they needed to be ready, stuck up on it. A lot of people misunderstand when God speaks to them, okay? Yes, God can do a miracle. Yes, God can, can get us water. Hallelujah. Like he did to, to, to the children of Israel. Hallelujah. He got them water out of the rock. Yes, he can do that. But are you walking in that level of faith? Praise the Lord. Have God given you the faith for you to pray in water to come out of the rock? Moses had the faith. My brother and sister, have you asking the Lord, Lord, give me the faith that when I pray, water will come out of the rock. Have the Lord say yes to you. When you pray, my daughter, I will give you water out of the rock. If you don't have the faith, okay, then you need to prepare. You need to ask. And we're asking for gifts. We're asking for God to give us the faith for many things. My brother and sister, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Very important. So we need to continue to tell people to repent and come to the Lord, humble themselves. My brothers, to turn away from the wicked ways and come to Jesus. Time is short. These judgments are going to begin. As the coronavirus came with no warning, so will the second pandemic come with no warning. Whether people are ready or not, they are going to come, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Joseph, Jacob thought he saw he lost his, his, his son. But in God, when you trust God, even when you lose, you win. Genesis 47, Joseph came into Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flock and their earth and all that they have have come out of the land of Canaan. And behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, what is your occupation? And they say unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our father. Thank you, Lord. And they say moreover unto Pharaoh, To sojourn in the land we have we have come, for thy servant had no pasture in the flock, and the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. 
So now, therefore, we pray thee, let thy servant dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spoke unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren have come unto thee, and the land of Egypt before thee. And the best of the land make thy father and thy brethren dwell, and the land of Goshen let, let them dwell. If thou knowest of any industrious men among them, then make them rule, rule, rulers over the cattle. Thank you, Lord. So even jobs, Pharaoh offer, forgive them. And with the economy falling, my brother and sister, jobs will be a problem. But God can provide. Remember that the government economy will fall, but not exactly the companies, my brother and sister. Not exactly the companies. Company will, will continue to go forward, many of them. God can provide you a job. In some of those companies, your God can provide to you supernaturally also. You can pray for food. Uh, Jesus prayed for food for 5,000 people, and God made food appear, appear before 5,000 people by the prayer of Jesus. Because Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. He has the faith to make this happen. And he taught his disciples and said, To then the belief all things are possible. That is you and I. Then what do we need? The faith. Believe every time he talked about believe, he talked about faith. My brother and sister, that is why when you begin to read, hallelujah, Luke's chapter 17, Luke was one of the disciples. He was right here with them. How does, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Jesus began to tell them, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And Luke 17, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Verse 6, if the Lord, and the Lord said, if ye, you, have faith as a grain, or oh, so little. I don't know how many of you have seen a grain of a mustard seed. Even the Bible says it's, it's a smaller seed of all. Can you imagine how little a mustard seed is? It's a smaller of all. Okay? That means it's not another sea smaller than the mustard seed, my brother and sister. If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto the second meat tree, Be thou plung out by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. This time he says, A second meat, my brother and sister, hallelujah, tree. And another, one other disciple said, that he said a mountain. In another occasion, they said a mountain. My brother and sister. Be either one or be whatever you fa- you're facing. If you have the faith as a side of the master seed and you speak to whatever it is, it will obey you. Now, do you have the seed as a side of the master seed? Because a lot of people say, Brother Elvie, I've been praying for 20 years, 30 years, 15 years, and God doesn't hear me. Nothing happens. Well, you're praying. Me, like me, praying over 15, 15 years for my family, and nothing happens. Not more than God saves. In one time, I'm talking with Jesus about this. The Lord comes to me that day. He nests to me. And I tell Jesus how I'm praying for my family for over 15 years. And 
Nothing has happened with him. What is going on? Remember that I'm coming to the greatest rabbi that had ever set foot on this earth. The rabbi that knows everything, my brother and sister. Okay? And he says to me, it's because you've been asking without faith. When he said this to me, it was like a punch from Mike Tyson in the ring, my brother insisted, because I felt dizzy a bit. It was like Mike Tyson punched me right between my eyes, right where Mike Tyson could knock any man down. What a shocking revelation I received from our Lord, our Rabbi, Jesus, the Son of God, that I've been praying for them, yes, but without faith, he says, to me. To me, although it's a great news to know that I am praying without faith, thank you for letting me know, wow, this is so hard to take in. Fifteen years plus praying for my family. Without faith, the Lord revealed to me. He had just given me the news. And I was having like a, a moment. And some people say, I'm having a moment. Give me a second. I'm having a moment. This is hard to take in. This is hard to swallow. This is hard to receive. My brother and sister, but he's so patient. He's so loving. He is so caring. He revealed this to me. He spoke this to me. And I can hear in his voice as he was telling me this, that oh, Neil, like when you're speaking to someone, and I got to tell you something that I know is going to be hard for you, but I got to tell you the truth. He said that the truth was set us free, right? Thank you, Lord. That I was praying for them without faith. But I said, if I was asking for the faith, if I will pray with faith and ask him for the faith, he will give it to me. My brother and sister, hallelujah. I began to ask him for the faith. And I said, well, give, give me the faith to pray for my family, where I will see my family, or increase my faith. I will fast and pray, increase my faith, where I will see my family come to you, Lord, be saved. I remember, I think it was a week before, a few weeks before, I visited my family in New Jersey. We're speaking to my brother who went to law school in New Jersey. Very smart young man. Told me he was an atheist. That how can I believe in God? He said that God was not real. How do you face someone like this now? To me it was heartbroken to hear this, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. To hear this from my brother, that he was an atheist, that he didn't believe in God. After Jesus later on told me a few weeks back, told me that I've been praying for my family without faith, and that if I will pray with faith, I will ask him. He will increase my faith, and I will pray with faith, he says, and I will see a change in my family. I began to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Asking him to increase my faith, and I look up the verses in the Bible. The disciple prayed. Hallelujah. The apostle, I love it, not the not disciple. Why, why not disciple? Why apostle? Disciple is when you begin to follow the Lord. Apostle is when you have received his teaching and you're supposed to be there. Imagine you're supposed to be there 
but you're not. You're still full of doubt and unbelief. That was Peter and them. Still apostle, but now they're still full of doubt and unbelief. My brother and sister. Oh, but when they understood what Jesus had been telling them, that's the second or third parable, that they, they have the, the face of the side of the mustard seed. My brother and sister, everything will be possible for them. Thank you, Lord. They finally understood that they had no faith in their life. That if they have their, any faith, their faith will be so little, not even to the side of the mustard seed. My brother and sister. And that's a fact of many people today. And they get frustrated and they get mad at God. I'm praying, praying, praying for you. Nothing happened, brother. Well, I'm giving you the answer from the word of God. It happens to me. Listen. The Lord said, if ye have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. In other words, if you're there, are you there? Do you have it? Have he's given it to you? Are you still praying, praying, praying and nothing? Thank you, Lord. Verse 5, the apostles say unto the Lord, increase our faith. This was a, a joint effort, as we call it today. This is a joint effort of his apostles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all of them. Lord, increase our faith, they say. They pray. Finally, they got it. That they don't have it. They're not, their faith is not on the side of the monster seed. Because even if it will be that small, Jesus said, you will say to the mountain, be thrown into the sea, and it will bathe. Thank you, Lord. How much do we need to, and let me tell you, we can have faith on one thing, because we pray about that thing many times. We pray for that faith about that thing many times, but not for another thing. We need to ask the Lord to increase our faith, in the many areas of our life that we need it, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. I, I believe for many years the church been people been telling in church to people, go pray, go home and pray, go home and pray and fast, go home and pray and fast. And as people for many years have been frustrated with God, they say, I pray, brother. Oh, I pray and I fast and nothing, nothing, brother, nothing. Here's the answer to your prayer. Ask the Lord to increase your faith. Tell them to give you the faith that you need to pray for whatever it is that you're asking God. And when he gives you the faith, hallelujah, praise the Lord. There was a sister who wrote to me. I preached this many months ago. She heard me about it, never heard this before in her life. She's been a Christian for over 30 years. Never heard a teaching about asking for faith. Never, never, never but never seen any change in her family neither, praying for them always. When she heard me saying this, she said, I'm going to try that. I said, go ahead and try it. She said, I believe Brother Elvis was speaking to me. Because Brother Elvis Brother said, go ahead and, and try it. I was saying in my kitchen as I was standing listening to him there, I'm going to try it. I'm going to fast. Okay? And she said, she began to do so. And I said, she began to ask the Lord, to increase the faith, that she needed the faith to pray for her family. As she, she said she felt it. It was something, it was something you can explain it. I'm going to share something with you. Thank you, Lord. That's going to help you understand. When he gives you the faith 
this is what's going to happen to you. This is one of the signs you're going to find. Are you ready? Are you taking note? Please take note. If you have to take note, please take note. I'm giving you these verses. Write down Luke 17. Now, write, write down Hebrew 11. Hebrew 11, verse 1. This is what happened. This is what happened when he, he started increasing your faith. This is the sign that he's increasing your faith. Please write it down. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hebrew 11, 1. Now faith. This is in the now. This is when you have it. This is when he increases it in you. This is the end of now. Now. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. Today. When do you need it? Do you need it tomorrow? Do you need it yesterday? No. You need it today. You need it today. Today is when I need it. And I know today is when you need it. Listen to us. Now. Faith is a thing of the things hoped for. When you have the faith and you pray for something or someone there is a hope, hallelujah, amen, sister. There is a hope in that prayer that is very different than when you don't have it. Are you listening? Very different than when you don't have it. Hallelujah. The hope, there is a hope about things that you're asking God for, hope for. The evidence of the things not seen. You know that you know that you know. When you have the faith and you're praying for it, you know that you know that you know in faith, by faith, that you're asking God for that and you're doing it by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And that knowing is an evidence. That knowing is an evidence. Okay? Knowledge is an evidence in faith. Are you listening? Knowledge of that is a hope. And knowledge of that by faith is an evidence that you have it when you ask for it. Thank you, Lord, when you have the faith. Another is the anointing. The anointing. The anointing will be there when you ask. There's no thou in faith. There's no unbelief in faith. And John said, if your heart rebukes you, hello, someone, if your heart rebukes you, greater is God. I thank you, Lord. Please take note. Hallelujah. Please take note. It's very important because sister was telling me, beloved, I took note of what you were saying. Hallelujah. And when I began to do my fasting, when I began, hallelujah, to ask for it, and she fasted. She began to ask for it. She said, something, I knew something was happening in me. When I began to ask for the faith, she says, it was not the same. And I know now that if, if I pray now, it's not the same. Because it's a knowing, it's an evidence. That knowing is your evidence that it's there. Her children immediately began to change. My brother and sister, now, interestingly, reading the Bible and going to church, Immediately was a change. She knew now that that evidence was being revealed to her, was shown to her on how they were being changed. And that is exactly what will happen to you when you begin to pray without faith for someone or something to happen. My brother and sister, praise the Lord, that evidence will be there. 
and it will happen. It will come to pass, and you will see that God is faithful, that whatever he says in his word, thank you, Lord. I'm looking for that verse that, that if your heart rebukes you, greater is God. Amen. Because there is an evidence. This, there is a confirmation there in your spirit. The spirit gives witness to our spirit. My brother and sister Paul says to the Romans. Amen. So the, the, the matter is that God shows you or confirms to you, to your spirit, that it's a done deal. It is done. Okay? The Lord, one way I know is when the Lord says to me, it is done. If I'm asking him for someone or praying for something, and he tells me it is done, it's done. It's done, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. It is done. Nothing more important to the Lord than salvation. You're praying for someone to be saved to him. It's more important than you asking him for a new car or a better house or a better car. To God's salvation is more important. And you, you will learn as you read the Bible and study and walk by faith that to God there are things that are more important than you asking him for a new car or a newer house. And, of course, you will need a new car because if your car is already breaking down or is your heart or your house, the things in your house are already breaking down also, of course you're going to ask for a better one. But at least you already have a house or you already have a car. Amen? Thank you, Lord. You will, you will find, you will find what, what's in God's heart. He will reveal it to you by faith. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So by it, the elder obtain a good report. How do you obtain a good report? Because if you're saying things that are not coming to pass, you're not going to obtain a good report, or are you? If you keep saying things that are not going to come to pass, you are not going to get a good report. You have to say things and, and have them come to pass before people's eyes, my brother assistant. Thank you, Lord. Before people's eyes, they need to come to pass because you're saying they're going to come to pass. Thank you, Lord. So important. That's how you obtain a good report because it's by faith. You're speaking the word from God by faith or whatever it is you're telling people. Thank you, Lord. God, if they say you say someone is sick and you say, you say I'm here to pray for you, that God will, will heal you. Imagine that. You come to a person's house. He said, I'm here to pray for you, that God will hear you, but I want you, I want you to know that healing you to God is easy. God wants to save your soul first, and then you preach to them the Lord, they receive the Lord. How do you are going to obtain a good report when God heals that person? When you pray for that person and God heals that person, and you leave the house when that person is already healed, I thank you, Lord. You are going to obtain a good report. The Bible says that by it, the elder obtain a good report. We're going to obtain a good report. When God brings to pass the healing, the miracle, the signs, the wonder, my brother and sister, thank you, Lord. We need to. We need, as the bride of Christ, we need to obtain a good report. Verse 3, through faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God to the things which are seen were not made of the things, hallelujah, which do appear. 
Thank you, Lord. So it was not made by science, okay, or evolution. It was made by the Word of God. And the Word of God sustained everything that you and I see, not evolution. Evolution cannot be proven. But the, the scientist says, they talked about evolution, and there's a man that said to the science community, okay, I can prove to you my faith because the things that we believe are in evidence that we can see them. But, and, and as the word says, a baby, a child, is a seed of a woman, as it was said in the garden. And it's been this way for thousands of years. I can prove that to you. Go to the nursery in the hospital and see how many babies are being born daily. Hundreds and thousands of them. The evidence of the Word of God is still there, and it's been there for thousands of years. Can, now you, can you prove to me now evolution that men came from monkey, and it's always been this way, and it's still happening? There's no evidence that right now or in the last 100 years, any man came from a monkey. There's no evidence in the last 100 years or in the last 1,000 years that a monkey speak like us, walk like us, dress like us, go to school like us, and that's what we do every day. There's no evidence of that. So evolution cannot be proven. But what we believe the Word of God that was spoken in the garden, which God created everything by the Word, can be proven today and any day. My brother and sister, God created men in his image, created from the rib, created a woman, and God said it be fruitful and multiply. And still today, thousands of years later, it's, they're still being fruitful and they're still multiplying. If you don't believe me, go to the nursery in the hospital and see baby being born every day. Go, my brother and sister. See how many babies are there. And see how it doesn't stop until God says stop. Babies are being born every day according to the word of God. It can be proven. Our faith can be proven, my brother and sister. That's the evidence. That's a good report of our faith. Through faith we understand that the world was framed. Yes, by the word of God. Verse 4. By faith Abel offered unto God more excellent sacrifice than Cain, for sure, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. And uh, because there was nobody else beside Adam and Eve to witness, which they were also witness of human, the mother and the father, that he, 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 he made a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. But also, there are witnesses in heaven. Hebrew 13, my brother and sister, there are witnesses in heaven. Angels and redeem and spirit and so much more that saw Abel come to God with a more excellent sacrifice. My brothers, they are witnesses. And if when you go to heaven and you want to test whether the word of God is true or not, and you say, I want to see the angel that was Abel bring to God a more excellent sacrifice, they will tell you exactly where to go. What is the name of the angel? And you will meet the angel, and the angel will tell you, I am a witness that Abel brought to God a more excellent sacrifice. And you can ask Adam, 
also the Father in heaven. Did able your son bring to God, according to the word of God, a more excellent sacrifice than Cain? And he will say to you, Amen. I saw it. And yes, he did. My brothers and sisters, the word of God is true. And it will be true for, through all generations. Hallelujah. And obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. Be, being dead, my brothers and sisters, being in heaven. Okay? Because anyone who has died in God is in heaven, who is of God. Okay? Abel is in heaven. And still speak, hallelujah, of what he did. He witnessed the people in heaven of what he did. You can go meet Abel. You can go stand and give him a hug. And ask Abel, hallelujah, of his sacrifice, of his righteousness, hallelujah, how, how God was the witness. God testified of his gift. Imagine Father in heaven saying, my son Abel, hallelujah, hallelujah, is a righteous man. And what's on earth a righteous man? God testified of Abel, my brother and sister in heaven. And by it, being there, he just speaketh. Hallelujah. Heaven is real. Heaven is not a dream. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, the Bible says God is a spirit, my brother and sister. In regard to Enoch being changed also like God, that means that you could not see him, okay? Translated is it, changed. He would move from one place to another. But also, he became spiritual being by God made him this way, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. He did not see dead. He was taken to heaven. Did not see dead. It was not found. Enoch, where are you? Okay? That moment God took him. As a bride gets taken, says Paul, within a blink of an eye. Try blinking and see how fast that is. It's so fast. It's less than a second. Enoch was translated. He was taken away in less than a second. He was not found. Where are you, Enoch? He was just here a second ago. Where can he go? He was gone. He was totally gone. Because God had translated him. This was the power of God at display. Boom, gone. For before his translation, he had the testimony. What a wonderful God this man Enoch was. Hallelujah. Oh, look how he pleases God. He goes to make sacrifice. He's always going to prayer. He's always seeking God. And, and, you know, always talking about God all the time. Hallelujah. He pleased God. How do we please God? We have to walk by faith. He was all, all his life was about God. God did. God that. God will take care of us. God will protect us. God will deliver. God will supply. He'll give us our daily bread. It was all about God with Enoch. My brother and sister, such a faith in such a big generation, such a faith as men are. He pleased God. Such a faith that he pleased God. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Enoch pleased God because he walked by faith. Hebrews 11, 11 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
Hallelujah. Imagine, you, you, you're, you're talking about God, but you're doubting and full of unbelief. Got to repent that garbage. Repent, pry down, and believe every day before your Lord, before your God. Remember that we're here to please Him. Why do He wants us to walk in faith? Because He made us to please Him. My brother and sister, He's our God. He's our maker. He's our creator. My brother and sister, He made us to please Him. If we're not walking by faith, how are we going to please Him? If we're not making Him first in our lives, if we're not confessing Him every day, how are we going to please Him? When our life is not about Him, it's about the world and the system and so much other things. No. Our life has to be about God. It has to be about Him. And when our life like Enoch is about Him, we please Him. When we talk like Enoch, when we walk like Enoch, God will take care of us. God will protect us. God will heal us. God will provide. Hallelujah. God, God, God. It's all about God. We please God. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. For he that cometh to God must believe. Every time God gives us a must in the word, it's a commandment. Commandment. He's commanding us to believe. Hallelujah. He's not asking us. Oh, can you please believe? You believe. When Jesus, when, when that man brought his son to his disciple to rebuke the demon that would throw him in the fire and out of the fire, Jesus turned around to his disciple and rebuked their little faith. He rebuked them. And that rebuke is like, no, have a nice day. What, you having a hard time? What's going on? No, he would stop that. Believe. Firm. Hallelujah. Stop that. Hallelujah. It was a rebuke. You got to stop that nonsense. You got to believe my word. The word of my father is true. My, my word will not return back void, but it will do what I said it will do. He rebuked their unbelief. Stop the nonsense. Stop the garbage from the pit of hell, from the heart of Satan. Don't let that be in you. If it's in you, you got to repent. You got to confess that of you. Don't allow that into your mind. Don't allow that into your heart. Don't work like that. Because it will not please God. It was a rebuke. Like when your father, when you did something wrong, when you, when you went out with that boy that your father told you not to see no more, not today, but you like him so much and you went here and, and you did what you're not supposed to do with that boy. And now you come home to your father late, early in the morning. Two, three o'clock in the morning. Back then, as I remember, you used to get whipped by your, by your parents. Discipline, hard, rebuked by your parents. Why do you do that, my daughter? How, how did we taught you well than, better than that? And you'll be like, sorry, mommy, sorry, daddy. I'm so sorry. No, we don't tolerate it. You don't do that again. We haven't raised you this way. We have been bringing you to church since you were little. You as a parent... You will not smile at that. You will not be fine with that. You've got to rebuke your child when they do something like that. They stay under the curfew, 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, whatever time it is. You need to be firm about that. And so my brothers and sisters, Jesus will turn around and rebuke his disciples. Every time when it has to do with unbelief, doubt and unbelief, he would turn around and rebuke them. And the church is, no, we cannot talk to people like that. 
No, they all be offended. They will not tithe. They will not come again to the church, you know. They, 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 you know, the whole grudge against us. It's just, that's not the way to speak to people. Well, not Jesus. Not Jesus. When they thought the word was too hard for them, do you want to follow them also, he said? You want to leave when they said the word was too hard? And then Father opened the eyes to Peter, and who will we go? Who will have a word of eternal life? My brother and sister, no. He rebuked them. Every time when they have to do a down unbelief, he rebuked them hard, my brother and sister, because you cannot go easy about doubt and unbelief. You yourself as a believer, don't go easy on yourself with doubt and unbelief. When, thoughts, when the devil throws a thought into your mind of doubt, in unbelief, come against it like you're coming against the devil. You lead me, you go, you have no right to be at me. Go in the name of the Lord. I rebuke you to go in Jesus' name. Take authority. Hallelujah. Don't allow any unbelieving thoughts into your mind, into your heart, into your life. You rebuke that garbage from the pit of hell. The demon loves to throw that into people's minds and have them going around like the children of Israel. It should have taken them only a few weeks to make into the promised land. It took them 40 years full of doubt and unbelief. They were wondering, is he going to accomplish? Well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Is he going to? No, maybe. Is he going to feed us? I don't know. Who knows? We better back going back to Egypt. You know, we used to eat onions in Egypt, you know, and they were doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas, going around for 40 years. You will do the same in your life as a believer. You will go around your life for 40, 50 years. Hallelujah. And nothing has promised in your life. Lest you believe. That's why you cannot take it easy. Because if you if you walk in doubt and unbelief, you are wasting time of your life that you will never get back. Doubt and unbelief will steal years from your life. I am telling you this right now, my brother and sister. Imagine people confessing after forty years being a Christian that God never hear their prayer and God never answer them, walking in doubt and unbelief. My brothers and sisters, they wasted 40 years of their lives, 40 years. Instead of saying, no, God, I believe you. Lord, help my unbelief. Increase my faith. Lord, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. Lord, increase my faith in, in this area of my life, Lord. I want you to save my children. Lord, please give me the faith, Lord, to see them being changed, being transformed by the power of God in Jesus' name. And you begin to ask for the faith. Or whatever it is you're asking God for, you ask for the faith. You say, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast until you give me the faith because I don't want to pray without faith because without faith, it is impossible to please him. Your word says, Lord. You can do it like that. And God see your seriousness. When God see your seriousness, are you claiming his promise? Oh, Lord. Praise you, God. You'll please him. God said, there's a child who I'm going to change. Who I'm going to bless. Praise you. God will bless you. God will bless you when you come to him in seriousness. Hallelujah. He will not have you going around 40 years like the children of Israel, murmuring, complaining. We're full of doubt and unbelief. He will not have you do that. No, 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 no. He's not like that. He's not like that. You got to meet the Lord. He's not like that. He is loving. He is caring. He is there for us, my brother and sister. Praise you, Lord. Sometimes. When I bend down, and, and he knows already, and I talk to him on what I'm going through, 
he had come to me to minister to me. Praise the Lord. He let me know, hallelujah, that he is with me. And what he promised me, I will receive. And he'll come for me and he'll let me know, praise the Lord. Because when you ask him something by faith, and he has already, already yes, he says to me, I remember a few months ago, why you ask me, my son? It already been answered. He says to me, hallelujah, you're going to receive it any day now, he says. Already been answered by God, he says. And you're going to receive it. Just wait a little longer, he says. Praise the Lord. Praise Yeshua. It's faithful. When you ask him by faith, it's already been answered. When Daniel asked, it was already was answered. But we have these bad demons of the year trying to stop, hold back, then lay back those demons, those angels, sorry, that are coming with your prayer requests. Like Daniel, my brother and sister. But greater is he that is in us. Pray. You continue to pray. You don't give up. No matter, like the Lord showed me. He took me to this valley, this place, where I saw endless home, car, motorcycle, RV, minivan, van, all kinds of things that people have prayed for, that they've given up and the devil has stolen it from them. I was stunned. I was, I was like... More surprised than anything else. What? The devil has stolen all this from God's people. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. The devil has stolen so much from God's people over the years. Imagine people's frustration. Those that stop praying and seeking God because they they given up and never received them. If you give up, you're not going to receive. Of course, because you've given up on God. You think God doesn't answer me. God, you know, when God already answered you, you just given up. You did not persevere. Him that persevered to the end shall be saved. I saw them. I saw the RV. I saw the car. I saw, the tr- I saw everything that the devil stole from people. They even like a watch. Things that people need, that people pray for. My brother and sister, you may have not the money to purchase those things, but you ask the Lord, and God said yes. And but then you given up on God. Oh, God doesn't hear me. Forget about that. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about nothing. May the Lord rebuke forgetting about it. Hallelujah. He showed me. Hallelujah. I was asking. He showed me. The Lord showed me. He took me in the spirit of fear. Everything the devil has stolen from the church over the years that the church been asking and praying for. And I was shocked. The things God can show us are incredible. Madeline's system. He showed me. Because people have given up on prayer. People stop praying. Stop asking. How many people are backsliding, blaming God for all those years they pray and they never receive anything? Because they've given up. My brother and sister, never ask the Lord to increase our faith, neither. Thank you, Lord. Few are walking with God by faith. A lot of people that go to church, I heard preacher from the pulpit on television, on YouTube. Well, I'm not sure about this. Maybe, you know, who knows? Who knows? Excuse me? You're going to preach from the pulpit unbelief in my life? May the Lord rebuke that unbelief? No, I'm not going to receive that message. Of that one unbelief. 
You're going to preach to a congregation, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Excuse me? No, you're not going to preach me. That garbage of doubt and unbelief. I'm not going to receive that. We walk by faith, not by sight, the Bible says. Praise you, Lord. By faith we walk, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. I was remembering today with my wife, Brother Larry. We were a New Hampshire of this church service. And the minister had someone, asked someone to pray. And the someone that asked to pray was one of the leaders. Started praying to Mary. Brother Larry said, I'm not. He got up and said, I'm not. Brother Larry, stand with me. I'm not going to stand for this garbage. Hallelujah. We don't pray to no man and no idol. We only pray to the living God, he said. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. To the living God. We worship God. We serve God. Our God is real. Our Father who is in heaven. Praise the Lord who we serve. We don't pray to Mary. We don't pray to no idol. We pray to God. We repent to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I rebuke that false teaching from whatever I came. My brother and sister, the minister turned red and the whole congregation were looking to Brother Larry and I. Praise the Lord. And I said, yes, true. Confirm what Brother Larry was saying to the people. And we walked away. My brother and sister, hallelujah. And God was pleased. But God spoke to Brother Larry and said he was very pleased for what we did. Praise the Lord. We need to stand for true. When something is not a God, we don't receive it. You don't stand there for that one and believe. Someone from your church, your leader, your pastor, teaching you after you give your tithes and offering, that one and believe, and you're saying amen. You're saying amen to that one and believe. Who are you serving, your pastor or Jesus? Because your Lord says that we walk by faith, not by sight. And, and your leader is telling you that it's by sight. May the Lord rebuke him. No, you don't stand there. You don't sit there and say amen to that garbage. You don't receive that garbage into your spirit, into your life. It's going to affect you. That's what the devil will use against people, against Christians, when they go up there. They're not sure about anything of the word of God. They doubt the word, whether it's the word of God or the word of man, they say, because they're not walking by faith. They're walking by sight, my brothers and sisters. Look at people in this, in this economy. Instead of trusting God during this coronavirus, that God will provide, that God, hallelujah, will provide our need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. They're setting back depending on the government to save them. When, when is that check coming? When is it coming? I don't know what I'm going to do. And they're pulling their hair, all nervous, eating their nails, all nervous and scared. You get on your knees and you pray to God and repent your doubt and unbelief in your sin. Your God, your Father from heaven will hear you and will help you and provide to you. Depend on God to provide to you. My brother and sister, stop depending on men. No, my brother, no, my sister, we depend on God. We depend on the Lord. Hallelujah. The one who made the heaven and the earth made us, formed us in the womb of our mother. Would, would he be forming us in the womb of our mother to let us perish? No, not such a thing. He did so to also to take care of us in the way we should go, in the way of God, my brother and sister. He loves us. He gave his life for us on the cross. Now he's going to let us die. No, he's not, my brother and sister. He is with us all the days of our life. He'll take care of us. Let's trust him. Let's seek him. Let's depend on him. 
refuses the government to send us a check, amen. If he doesn't, amen too. Praise the Lord, but he will provide. My brother and sister, he will take care of us. Let's walk by faith and not by sight, as the Bible says. My brother and sister, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. For he that cometh to God, my believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who genuinely seek him. Verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned by God of things not yet seen, move with fear, prepare an ark for the saving of his house, which he commanded the world, until he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. When you believe God, you will inherit righteousness. Hallelujah. You are going to inherit righteousness when you believe God. The righteousness of Jesus will be in your life. And he will help you every day to walk with God, to serve God, to please God. Hallelujah. When you seek him by faith, when you seek to serve him by faith, hallelujah. As Jesus said to me, when I saw that, that river in heaven open, that lake of the water open, my brother and sister, was a river. When I saw it open and I saw the saint beginning to walk and they were teaching other new saints that were coming to heaven. Hallelujah. How they walk by faith. Because I guess on earth in the year they walked down here, they didn't fully walk by faith. But because we're saved by grace, they were in heaven now. And I saw that those that have faith, oh, beautiful thing, the river of the water will open like the river Jordan opened for Elijah, my brother and sister. And opened for Joshua too and the men and the people when they walked to the Jordan. The water opened also, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. It was nothing new that Elisha did. It was the word of God, not the word of man. Praise the Lord. And I saw this happen. And Jesus was next to me on my right. And he began to talk to me. And said, this can be done on earth also, he says. My brother and sister, my people can walk by faith also on the earth. Hallelujah. So I saw the water open in heaven. Hallelujah. He says it can be done on earth also. Hallelujah. That we his people can also do the same on earth by faith. Thank you, Lord. It can be done, he says. Praise the Lord. He can do it. He can do it because with God all things are possible. Praise the Lord. And he says, go, my son, walk. I was a little nervous, but trusting in him. And I began to walk by faith. I remember the word, walk by faith, not by sight. It was, it's in, it's that word is ingrained in me. Grafted in my heart, in my mind, in my life, my soul, body, and spirit. That word is grafted in me. Thank you, Lord, by faith, not by sight. That without it, I will, will please Father. Thank you, Lord. How, how do I know it's engrafted in me? Because in many times praying with the Lord, he rebuked me. How do I know Jesus rebuked his disciples very harsh? Because he did it to me. That's how I know. There were times I was asking him for something after he taught me, teach me, began to teach me. Hallelujah for my faith to be increased. And I will be doubting. I will be looking at things. And when I was doubting, he will rebuke me hard. If, he, if I would have had a recorder, if, if it would allow me to, and play you how he rebuked me, he said, bro, that was too hard. Wow. Why did he rebuke you so hard, brother Elvie? The Lord don't play with doubt and unbelief. He don't take that lightly. 
when it's in our heart or in our, in our mind. And you should neither take it lightly. No, don't take it lightly. Don't take, oh, it's okay. No, I'm only human, man. The Lord rebuked that. No. No, no, no. Should not be in you. When God made you, he didn't put that in there. That's been put in there by the devil, by the system that we live in today, my brother and sister. Not by God. No, no, no. That's an outside object coming into your life. A lie and a deceit from the pit of hell. And he will rebuke me. And I say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I would say, Lord. I'm so sorry, Lord. I repent my pride down and believe, Lord. I'm so sorry, Jesus. Please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me for allowing this stuff coming into my mind. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. He will let me know. There were times I heard him say, I forgive you, my son. I forgive you. I repented to him. I forgive you, Jesus. I forgive you, my son. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I will repent unto him. Praise the Lord. And then, hallelujah, Lord, increase my faith. Empower my faith, Jesus. Empower my faith, then I will be praying for people. And then the good report will come. Is a healing, miracle, salvation, deliverance coming. Praise the Lord. In people's lives, in people contacting, testifying. When they ask me for pray for this, pray for that. Deliverance, salvation, miracle. Hallelujah. People in the hospital, in an emergency, dying. Family contacting me. I remember this family. Our sons is dying right now in an emergency. He got the machine connect. Doctor said he, he he may have a few days or maybe less. Would you pray with us for our son to be healed? What's going on? They will tell me, and we will pray. And right there, the power of God will come and heal that child and will say, "Say, Mom, I want to go home," and he will be healed. Doctor will find nothing wrong with him no more. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord can heal the sick, can save the lost, can deliver. Those that are bound and shamed by the devil, by the demon. My brother and sister, believe in Jesus is the best thing I ever done in my life. And I want the best for you also. I don't want to see people walking with down unbelief or with questioning whether God is going to answer. They'll give God a day. Let it happen. If it doesn't happen for the end of the year, I walk away. May the Lord rebuke those thoughts that are not supposed to be in you. Say, I will wait on the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. And do not lean on your own understanding. The Bible says, your understanding is in a year or two. You say, no, let the will of God be done in your life and not your own. Do not lean on your own understanding. At your grammar school, high school, college understanding. No, lean on the word of God. Lean on Jesus. He will take care of you, deliver you, and protect you. In his name, praise the Lord. Trust him with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. This morning I had a wonderful time with the Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. And he confirmed what I asked him. And he, as he was talking to me, the anointing and presence of him was so awesome. And I was in such a peace listening to him. Praise the Lord in his presence. Hallelujah. Nothing better to be in his presence, being there for hours. This morning in his presence felt so, such a peace. Worry went away immediately. When I'm in his presence, any concern, any worry in me goes away immediately. I'm in total peace. I'm in total joy in his presence. Thank you, Lord. Anything else from this world dissipates immediately. I thank you, Lord. He's an awesome God. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, the father of faith, he was called to go on to a place which he, should later receive for an inheritance. 
He will call to go to a place which he later will receive us and inheritance. Okay? God makes the promise. Now Abraham needed to wait later. Until when? If you're walking with that unbelief, say, when? Give me the year. Give me the month. No, 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 no. You wait upon the Lord. That's how it is. Abraham, he will call to go unto a place which he shall later receive for an inheritance. Obey. What is God calling us to do? Obey. Be obedient. Be obedient. It's not your will. His will be done. Be obedient. My brother and sister, we need to be obedient. We are so disobedient many times. So disobedient many times. And if we know, let's repent sincerely from our heart and ask the Lord to change us, to cleanse this garbage from our lives, my brother and sister, and be obedient. God told Adam and Eve not to eat from the fruit, hallelujah, that will kill them, life and death was there. The fruit of life and the fruit of death. They went for the fruit of death, my brother and sister. That's disobedience. If they would have gone for the fruit of light, life, that would have been obedient. But they have to ask anyways. Ask and that shall receive. That's how it is with Messiah. You gotta ask. Gotta say, Lord, Father, can we eat from the fruit of life? We know you told us not to eat from the fruit that is in the middle of the garden. But can we please eat from the fruit of life? No, we'll stay away from the fruit of death. But can you please give us the fruit of eternal life in your name, Father? Your word says that your, your, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, my brother and sister. They would have been fully protected from Satan by eating from the fruit of life. My brother said, all they have to do is ask, Father, I know you told us not to eat from the fruit that is in the middle of the garden, but can we eat from the fruit of life? And sure, Father said, yes, you may. My son is life. You can eat from him. Eat the fruit he'll provide you. And they would have eternal life. They would have never tasted death, ever. The devil could have never come to the garden no more. That would have been his last time. If they were to reject the devil's offer, they didn't even have to hear what the devil has to say. You know? Oh, no, I want to know. I want to start at the deep of Satan. No. You don't need to hear what the devil has to say. The devil got his own Bible. So I wonder what's in there. You don't need to hear what the devil has to say. Because you will fall in disobedience to God. My brother and sister, stay away from all that false teaching. And I ask the Lord to lead you, that you will learn of him, my brother and sister. He'll teach us. He'll guide us. Praise your Lord in the way we should go. The, the only reason why we get in so much, so much trouble is because we need to be asking the Lord, should I go there? Will you, be, will you go with me? and say, you're well for me to go there. And he'll tell you whether you can go or not. We need to be obedient like Abraham. Obey, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. That made no sense to all his neighbor and his family. Where are you going, Abraham? Well, I don't go, but God is telling me to go, and I'm, I'm out of here, yo. I'm out of here. God's telling, me, God's telling me to go, and I already told Sarah, and all my servant, let's go. 
They get in everything way, but Abraham, that made no sense. Where are you going, south, north? I don't know. I'm just going. God told me to go. I need to be obedient. It was obedient. God is leading you. God is got you. Be obedient. Go where he tells you to go. And not necessarily he needs to tell you where. Not where. I, the pastor from Africa, remember, awesome pastor, man of God, God told him that he was going to send him to preach to the nation. And one day, look how God tests the faith of his servant. One day God says to him, pack your bag and go to the airport. And from there, I will tell you where you're going. My brother and sister, he said goodbye to his congregation, to his wife, his children. Daddy, where you're going? I don't know, but God is telling me to go. So I'm going. He goes to the airport there. He had his back, and he's praying. God, you haven't told me where to go. I have no money to buy a ticket to go anywhere. I have my passport. You told me to go. But God, where? And there was this man from America, from Texas, came up to him and said, Men of God, where are you going? And said, I don't know where God wants me to go, but he told me to come here. I was just there, and God spoke to me and told me to buy you a ticket that you're going to America. You're going to Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm buying you a ticket there. And he says to when you get there, call this person that you know from there who will bring you to the church for you to bring a message to them, God says. And from there, he will open you other, another more doors. Places where you're going to go and preach. And the man said, come with me. And he went to his credit card, bought him the ticket to go to Boston, my brother and sister, where everything included, and went and sent him away. And here, here's a donation to your ministry and go. He was just thanking God. He gave him a hug. He said, thank you, brother, for being obedient to God. And he shared when he came. That's when he came. And I met him. He stayed in my house also. Praise the Lord. I said, we, I said, he was preaching in our church, had a powerful message, delivered a powerful message from God. My brother and sister, praise the Lord. God led me to buy a ring that had an eagle, travel, which meant travel, an eagle. Hallelujah. And in the service, God let me know that I should give it to him, my brother and sister. God already has given him a dream a vision with someone to the place he was going to go, handing him over a ring that had an eagle on me, my brother and sister. And I have saved to buy the gold ring, I remember, but I didn't know why. And God let me know. God told me to give him the ring. And when I gave him the ring, he was crying. He said, that's exactly what God showed me back in Africa. Praise the Lord. And I said, where you're staying, I have no place to stay. Stay in my house. I used to stay in my house. Spoke with my wife, stay in our house in Massachusetts. But God, my brother and sister, took care of him and opened him many doors, my brother and sister. But he obeyed God when God told him, go. Imagine grabbing a bag and going to the airport, not knowing where you're going. Because God told you, go to the airport. There, I will have someone take care of you, the ticket where you're going to go. And he just obeyed God. And God did exactly as he told him. Praise the Lord. 
And we invite him a second time even also. Verse 9. By faith he yearned, and the land promised as a strange country. Dwell in a tabernacle with Isaac and Jacob, the heir with him of the same promise. Notice how we can be an heir of the same promise. Anything God promised to anyone in the Bible, you can inherit the same thing by faith, my brothers and sisters. But you have to believe God. You have to believe Him. My wife and I, for some reason, we could have no children. Over a 10-year marriage, could not have any children. We, we, she went to her doctor. I went to my doctor to check us to see what was the reason. And it's that we could not have children, my brother and sister. And I began to fast and pray and ask the Lord to give our children. And when Jesus spoke to me in heaven, death I say by next year, you will have a child. To whom did God say this in the Bible? To Abraham. I made Abraham promise from God, mine, my brother and sister. I made the same promise that Jesus told Abraham. By the next year I come to you, you're going to have a child. I made that my promise. And I said, and I was preaching one time, and I said it, I don't have a child yet, but I made the promise of Abraham mine, my brother and sister. And when the Lord says, by next year, then later you're going to have a child, I told my wife, and I said, you sure? Yes. By next year, God says, we're going to have a child. And it was exactly how, God, how the Lord told me. My son Levi, being the older, He's, he's 11, going to 12 now, my brother and sister, exactly as God promised. And God, one day I'm in the living room, I share with people, and this is in those years that God told me to stay home fast and pray and seek him, where Jesus was coming to me, teaching me. Hallelujah. And that day, I could not have seen Father yet. But the Lord was purifying my heart. Jesus told me, stay home when I asked him to purify my heart. He said, because it will be very painful for you. Stay home, and I will give you the strength. Hallelujah. I will come for you. I said, yes, Lord. And the Lord kept coming to me, praying and fasting. He kept coming to me. When after the Lord promised I have in the child that next year, we had Levi in the hospital. Praise the Lord. I went to get my wife and my child, brought him home. Thank you, Lord. His mercy is so awesome. I was wondering what name we should we give him. And God took me within a second to heaven that day, sitting in the living room. The rapture will be similar. No matter where you are sitting, standing, in the blink of an eye, you'll be in heaven. Boom, took me to heaven. I could not see God, but I can hear him. I was up in his presence. And I knew there were angels and other things there. I knew that. I could not see them. And my father says to me, Thou shalt name him Levi, he says. But he, is, he didn't say Levi as we say in English. He says Levi. Levi. Because that's, that's how you would say it in Hebrew. Levi. Not Levi. We say Levi in English. No. It's Levi in English. In Hebrew, how we would say it. My brother and sister, that's why some rabbi has say, you speak Hebrew very well. You say how it should be pronounced, Levi, 
God says to me. So when I came back to my wife, God says, Levy is his name. Are you sure? Yes. He says, Levy. Praise the Lord. It's been Levy until now. Praise to God. He, when he was in the, in the, in the, in the belly of my, my wife, five, six months, when we go to church and we would do worship, he, he would move in the worship in the belly. You can see him moving. He always loved worship, always loved worship. When he was about, when he just began to walk, he was walking around the house. One day, we play worship. I was doing worship in the house. And we were worshiping God. He came and kneeled, kneeled himself on the floor, or kneeled himself on the floor and raised his hand. And he says, he says, he, he, he was not speaking yet. He says, Father, but not to me. God, he called Godfather and began to worship him. I looked at my wife and said, look, he's worshiping God. He just says, Father to God. He had not even said Father to me yet. He says, Father to God. I had that experience. I said, that, that's, I never seen anything like this. Praise the Lord. I see many angels in heaven, but the experience of seeing my son saying, Father, that was new to me, my brother and sister. That was more awesome than seeing mighty army in heaven. Hallelujah. Seeing my son worshiping Father. To me, that was so incredible. Thank you, Lord. God is so awesome. He can make anything possible. Praise to God. Because Jesus told me, he is mine, and you will have him temporarily, he says. Talking about my kid, he said, they're his. Because the Bible says in Proverbs that our children are our gift from God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And so our children are really of God. They're really his children because he is the one that is father. Okay? We're like him, but he is father. Every children in heaven, they know that there's only one father. Like he said, there's only one, one, one Lord. One Lord. Okay? One rabbi. One God. One creator. One savior. One counselor. It's only one. It's only one. And it's our Father who is in heaven. Hallelujah, his name. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We only have but one Father, my brother and sister. One Savior, one Creator. And it's him. It is him. Thank you, Lord. So everything down here is. That's why when he said, thou shalt not kill you and I are not allowed to kill anyone. Why? Because every single human being he created it, they're his. And if someone hurt one of them, ooh, they will have to answer him, who is the father of all, the creator of all, my brother and sister. So that's why the Lord said, thou shalt not kill. Okay? Thou shalt not murder. Because why? He created everyone. We should love everyone. And if someone comes against you, Persecution, you say, pray for them. Pray for them that persecute you. But you have no right to kill anyone down here. Remember that, because everyone belongs to God, my brother and sister. Verse 10, for he looked for a city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. See, he's even the builder of the city that we're going to have in Jerusalem. My brother and sister, that beautiful golden city. He is the maker. 
the builder. Our God is. Praise your Lord. And in that new earth, after the millennium, my brother and sister, I call the, the millennium the rebuild earth. And I call the new earth afterward the millennium. Because the Jerusalem comes to the new earth. And this earth will go through the fire, just like we knew again, or recycle, more modern word, and then we come back to it again, my brother and sister. But later when Satan and then get released, fire come from heaven and consume them, my brother and sister. Then we got to pass through the fire, pass through the fire. I said, Lord, show me, because the apostle Paul says to the church that everything has to go through the fire. Everything has to be tested through the fire. Very important to know. Thank you, Lord. So after the millennium, we all, all who are left for Christ need to be tested through the fire of Christ. We need to go through the fire of God. And whatever is left, says Paul, the rest gets consumed. Whatever is not a God in your life gets consumed. The only things that will go through are the things of God that are in your life. The pure thing, the holy thing, the righteous things of Christ in you are the things that will remain in you forever. His kingdom will remain forever, Daniel said. Daniel 12. Remember that. So everything that is of him will remain, remain forever. Everything that is of this world, that is the things we like or the things we I would like to have and have that is not of God, will be burned, consumed by the fire. And only the things that God will go through. Praise you, Lord. And after that, he begins that eternity. The new Jerusalem comes down from heaven, my brother and sister. And there, God will be our God. The Lord will be the light of the city. And there, my brother and sister, in that new earth, people can get married and have children. Because in heaven, they, no one can do that. You cannot have children in heaven, but in the new earth, you will be married if you, if you want, or have children. But if you don't want to be married and just want to be in heaven with God, that's fine. That is fine. That's between you and God. Thank you, Lord. Verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seeds and was delivered a child who she was past of age because she judged him faithful who, who had promised. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She said he is faithful. Sarah said that God is faithful. Hallelujah. Faithful is him that said upon the throne. What do you say about God? Because if you believe he is faithful, you are going to experience his faithfulness. If you say God is your provider, you are going to experience his provision in your life. If you say that God is power who delivers anyone, you will experience his power in your life to deliver you. What do you say? What do you say about God? What do you believe about him? Because whatever you say and you believe about God, you are going to experience. Hallelujah. You're going to experience in your own life. You're going to experience his mighty power in your life if you believe so. Thank you, Lord. Verse 12, therefore, there sprang even from one, and him as good as dead, as many as the star of the sky and multitude, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Yes, so many have, been, have come out, and we are part of that. We came out of that promise. The church did. Came out of that promise, my brother and sister. And the last day was serving God because we believe God has stayed the same promise. And so now we're part of it. Verse 13, these all die in faith 
Okay? These old dying faith, not having received the promise by, hallelujah, having seen them far off, were persuaded by them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I love that pilgrim experience that that man had. Many years ago, those movies, they made pilgrim. Hallelujah. Because they're so powerful. Watching it the other night in cartoons with my children. Pilgrim Progress. Watch it with your children, the Pilgrim Progress. They have the male and female, both Pilgrim Progress. Version 1 and version 2, you should watch them. They're very encouraging, the things he goes through to get to the celestial city. He, that man received that revelation in prison. My brother and sister wrote it down. Hallelujah. In that Pilgrim's uh, Progress movie or books, has been sold almost as the Bible. Only the Bible has been sold more. But it's been a blessing to so many people, my brothers and sisters. To my life, it's been a blessing. I have watched it, and I'll keep watching it. The different versions, they are a blessing, I tell you. Thank you, Lord. What an experience of how to get to the celestial city. Notice how the enemy always sends someone against him. Okay? Always sends someone. He does the same to us. That whole movie is our own life and the things that we go about as a Christian. My my children kept asking me, um, what is that? Who's the king? The king is Jesus. He encountered the king in the worst part of the, his life. In every part of his life, he, he had a difficult time to overcome. The king will send someone will come himself to help him to overcome. And he told him he was always with him, as he is always with us and the way we should go. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. He's, he's with you. As he was with him, he's with, he is with you. God showed me, I remember, a revelation a few years ago on how he been with his church over the years, uh, 1900, 1800, 1600, going back, all the way back. He had always walked with people. God, Father, show me. To me, that was a mighty revelation. I see in these Christians in Europe and the different countries, and God showed me he was always with them, protecting them as he is with us. Today, God was showing me. You may not see him, and you may not feel him, but you can be sure you are his child, and he is with you. Thank you, Lord. Verse 14. For those who say such things declare plainly that they are seeking a father land. What father land are in a heavenly Land. One of my sons asked me, Joshua, this week, how far is heaven? I said to my son, very far, very, very far. So far where we don't have the equipment to be able to get to them yet. Imagine we're having a tough time getting to Mars. Imagine how far heaven is, billions of miles away. Are we going to have any machine to get there? Maybe trillions of miles away. You know, a few miles to Mars and we're having so much trouble creating a machine to get there. Hallelujah. So heaven, heaven is very far. Hallelujah. It's very, very far. But in God's power, it's less than a second where it is. Thank you, Lord. Verse 15. And truly, if they have been mindful of that country, hallelujah, from when they have come out, they might have an opportunity to return. Hallelujah. And this is why we need to be heavenly minded. Because if you're always earthly minded, 
you're always thinking of the things of this earth, okay? And then you always want to do the things of this earth. You'll always be sinning and sinning and sinning. When you find yourself sinning so much, one is pride, and second is you're too earthly-minded. You want to stop sinning so much. Repent for being heavenly-minded. Repent pride every day. And you're not going to find yourself sinning so much. And as you overcome those things, ask the Lord to help you overcome those things in your mind, in your heart, in your life, then ask him to stop you from sinning. Because Jude, the one chapter Jude said, said that he can stop us from falling. Sin is falling. He can stop us from sinning, my brother and sister. You can ask the Lord, Lord, stop me from sinning, Lord. Pray and fast if you are sincere and serious about the Lord helping you with these things. For me, you halfway. Verse 16. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called our God, for he has prepared for them a city. Can God be ashamed of someone? Yes, he can. Okay. As parents are ashamed of the behavior of the evil things that children does, so Father can be ashamed of us when we are in disobedience, when we are in sin, when we don't believe him, when we're always doubting, when we always have unbelief. Oh, there are many things we do that God can be ashamed, okay, even though we're his sons. But if we are seeking him by faith, repenting, pride, and unbelief, as the Lord has been teaching me, teaching us, my brother and sister, and seeking just to believe, you will not be a child of shame. But God will be pleased to be your God. Hallelujah. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. The only way we please him is by faith. You walk by faith, you please God. God wants us to please him. My brother and sister, he has selected, elected us to be his child. Before the foundation of the earth, the Bible said we are chosen in him. Who's him? Jesus. Before the foundation of the earth, we are chosen in him. Thank you, Lord. Verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he had received the promise, offered up his only begotten son. My brother and sister. Abraham, by faith, offered his only begotten son. God offered by faith also. He's always faithful. His only begotten son. My brother and sister, as men who are so little and limited, imagine can offer his son like Abraham, but by faith in God. Can you imagine God? God has to find someone who will dare to believe him. No matter what difficult time he was going through, will believe him no matter what, my brother and sister. And so when God called Abraham, that was a test of faith. Offer me thy only son, Isaac, Abraham. Come and offer him to me as a sacrifice. Abraham grabbed the donkey, grabbed the wood, and grabbed his son, and went out to the mountain where he would go and offer God a sacrifice. He didn't doubt. He didn't question whether it was, a, was God speaking to him or not, like a lot of Christians today. Well, I don't know, Brother Elvie. If God speaking to me, he gave me a dream the other day. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he, I mean, he spoke to me in the dream the other night and told me that I should quit eating meat. My sister contacted me this way. Wait, wait, wait. I said, sister, wait a minute. You said that God spoke to you for you not to eat meat anymore like he told me. But I still eat it because you know, I got to cook it for my husband and my children. I said, sister, you know that that's disobedient. Huh? That's disobedient, sister. If God told you not to eat meat no more, you should not eat meat no more because he told you not to eat meat. Like he told Abraham, go to a land that I will show you. God is calling us to be obedient, my brother and sister. We need to. We need to. Thank you, Lord. Verse 18. In whom it was said, and I said, shall I see be called, accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead, from when he also received him as a figure of sins. Hallelujah. There are things in our mind that the Lord places in us. I find out that from the Lord himself. Or things that will come into my mind. I said, Lord, and they told me it was him. This figure of sense that Abraham had, verse 19, Hebrews 11, verse 19, okay? A figure of sense. And you can look that up in, in a different translation. But it was something God had put in his mind to do. And that's, that made sense, as we say today. Well, that made sense. So Abraham, when God put it in his mind, it made sense. It's like God giving you a vision of a place to go or a vision of a person for you to go talk to. He's putting that figure, that image into your mind. We call it image today, figure image. Into your mind as a person to go for you to go talk to on his behalf and tell the person to repent or whatever the message is. Abraham had in his mind that he should go and offer Isaac in Daurina. There was no Daurina in Abraham at all. It was all by faith. Okay, God, this is, what to, this is what you want me to do. Amen. I'll go. I'll sacrifice him. Abraham was so sure that he was going to offer Isaac as a sacrifice that he prepared the wood, laid his son, tied his hand, and raised the knife. To put it right through his chest. At that moment, the Lord, the angel of the Lord, said, Abraham, do not harm the child. Do not harm the child. Why did he say such a thing? Because Abraham was convinced. Abraham knew that he knew that he knew that this is what God asked him to do. And he's going to do it no matter what. He believed that God will raise Isaac no matter what from the dead. My brother and sister. The Lord had to say, Abraham, do not harm the child. What a faith. What a faith, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He didn't need it to see. It. He believed. He believed God. No matter what, my brother and sister. But God, because he's faithful. Why did God stop Abraham? When God could heal him and bring him back. God has the power to do anything. Why did he stop him? My brother and sister. Because to God. In the heart of Abraham in his mind. Abraham already believed him. 
Abraham was already convinced that he was going to do this no matter what, my brother and sister. So to God at that moment, God didn't even no more proof of Abraham that Abraham believed him, my brother and sister. When you do what God is telling you to do and you move, God tells you that God is telling you to go to this place and you're broke. And you don't have enough money for the bus or for the train or for a taxi or, or you don't have enough money for gas, but you still, you get in your car, you fill your, your car with gas or whatever you have, and then in the middle, are you going to where God tells you to go? You ran out of money. You don't have money for a hotel. You don't have money for food. You don't have money for God. But you are obeying God. How many people have I met this way? The God told him to go. My sister said to me one day, Brother Elvie, God had me going to people that I don't know, sending me to people, and I don't even have money for God, and I go. And I've been doing this for years, and he never failed me once to provide me gas, to provide me food, to provide me clothing, and to provide me a place to stay, she says to me. Never. Early, I have children that I need to support and take care of. Okay? God had not failed me once in all these years. He tells me to go give a word to such and such person that I don't know. He just showed me like innovation. And says, go and speak to this person. And I go. And a lot of time, I don't even have enough money for gas. But God always provides to me to get to places. He will have someone give me a donation or give me something in the way. Here's $40. Here's this. Here's that. Go ahead. God wants you to go here. And people that I don't even know a lot of times bring me into their house, give me a room to stay, and prepare food for me, people that I don't even know. Just because God had told me to go give a word to such and such person, she says to me. I said, wow, sister, that is incredible. She said, how can I not be obedient? Okay? I just obeyed him, and he take care of me, me and my family, he says. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. God is faithful. God is faithful. A lot of people don't know the faithfulness of God because they never have trusted him completely. They don't walk by faith as God is calling them to. They say, I'll go if God provide me first, they say. Yeah, God can do this. He has done that with me. But God, most of the time, when he tells you to go, usually you may don't, even, don't have even money. God told John that he will be a voice, a, a voice in the wilderness to go and prepare the way of the Lord. John was broke. John went into the wilderness, and God fed him with locusts. My brother insisted. Locusts is not shrimps as we eat today, as some people say. Locusts are locusts that we know in the wilderness that fly back and forth. But it might taste like meat, beef to John. It may taste great, but that's how God kept John, my brother and sister. 
kept them. And John never complained. I'm not having enough food to eat. Not having no probation. John was obedient. And out of those born by woman, Jesus says that John was the greatest. The smallest of them from the kingdom of heaven, but the greatest born by woman. Even greater than Isaiah and all of them, including Moses. John was the greatest born from a woman, the prophet. John obeyed God, having nothing, and went and evangelized for years, draw multitudes to the Jordan to be baptized, preparing the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. And he says, one greater than I, who are not worthy to untie his sandals, he said, John was just obedient to God. God led him, and he went. He went. He went to the Jordan. He went and told people to repent. Generation of vipers, he's called them. Repent. Hallelujah. How do you think you can escape the judgment to come? Hallelujah. Repent. And as people repented, he baptized them. Baptized multitudes. So much that the rabbis, and the whole nation of Israel was shaken by John. The whole nation was shaking. The great evangelist, the great prophet was John, preparing the way of the Lord, letting them know he was soon to come and they will see him. Hallelujah. And we told to him that to him you see the dog come upon him, he will be the one. And when Jesus came and he sought Jesus, he said, there is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. He immediately knew that it was Jesus. And Jesus said, came to John and said, John, baptize me. And John said, how can you ask me to baptize you? And Jesus said, let all justice be fulfilled. John didn't feel worthy to baptize Jesus because he knew Jesus. He knew that Jesus was God and that there was no sin in him ever for him to be baptized, my brothers and sisters. And Jesus said, that for your justice to be fulfilled, for his word to be fulfilled. That when God said it will be this way through Isaiah and through the prophet, it must be that way. Mother and sister. And John baptized him. And the Holy Spirit came out the door with John. The, 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 the prophecy that was given that it will come to him out the door and saw it. It was fulfilled from that day. Hallelujah. And John gave his last prophecy that he will be the priest. He will be murdered. For the Lord to be increased. The beginning of the ministry of Jesus began for three and a half year ministry. Hallelujah. John said, John prophesied of his own death when he said that I may be decreased and he be increased. He prophesied his own death. He knew he was going to die, not knowing how he was going to die, Herod had him beheaded. A sign of those in the great tribulation. Why John is a sign of the great tribulation? Because John began his ministry in the darkest ages. My brother and sister. In the darkest ages when demons walk on this earth and there were werewolves and human being werewolves going around. My brother and sister. These demons have people so possessed that the man that was in the tomb 
if you read his testimony, they will tie him from chains, my brother and sister. No matter how many chains they will tie him in, fold in, neck, shoulder, no matter how many chains they will tie him, he will break them by breaking my brother's cheese. Nothing could stop this man. People were afraid of this, hallelujah, man that has so much allegiance, demon in him. And when Jesus came, the man came running and bowed at his feet and said, Son of man, you have come to torment us. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is God for the glory of God. So John, John was a prophet, full of the power of God, in the darkest ages, my brother and sister. It was a promise of Messiah to come. The light was going to come in the world. Why light? Because it was full of darkness. That's when the demon walked in the earth in the daylight. And people were afraid and people had to stay home. When they heard the howling, the wolf in the night, in the middle of the night, when the full moon comes and they will change, people heard, heard all the howling. How do I know all these things? Because the elite have removed from the earth all the proof that we're howling werewolf walking on the earth. But we have the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel said that King Nebuchadnezzar in his pride, God made him like one of the beasts of the field. Make him, turn him into a werewolf because of his pride. Those people, Nebuchadnezzar was not the only one that walk in pride back then. Our people today are walking in pride, and when the great tribulation begins, they will be turned into werewolves also. Dark technology that our government hitting here in North Carolina in the South, and many states are turning young men, testing them into werewolves also. Madeline insisted. Horrible creature. That hidden technology will be released. The howling werewolf men turning into werewolf will be released in the great tribulation. More than 80% of our population are going to turn into werewolf. And the great tribulation that Jesus showed me is so close to come. Who are going to escape? The bride will escape in one way. And then whoever stayed behind, this is what the apostle Peter said. Hallelujah. Let me read it to you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. What an awesome God we serve. Thank you, Lord. Act two. Praise the Lord. The Apostle Peter, in one of the most powerful message, hallelujah, he had ever shared. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He talked about the, the pouring, hallelujah, of Joel chapter 2, Acts 2, 17, that shall come to pass in the last day, say it, God. Okay? He's quoting Joel 2. I will put out my spirit upon no flesh. Your sons and your daughter shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. And your old men shall have dreams. This is where the church is right now. This is where the church is right now. I want you to see what comes after. Thank you, Lord. Church is right now. Hallelujah. And then verse 18, that means I will put on the day my spirit and they shall prophesy. This is where it is right now. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. 
Hallelujah. Okay, these are these are uh, wonders. Show wonders in heaven, signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. Okay, these smoke are going to happen when those angels that are bound for thousands a year get released. Okay, how bad is it going to be when they get released? This is what the Bible says. How bad it's going to be? The sun should turn into darkness. Notice. That's a great tribulation beginning. Great, great tribulation. Jesus said, like it never, be be, like never was before or never be again. The sun to turn into darkness. There's not one thing that turns to turn the sun into darkness. We, say, we get solar eclipse now for a few minutes when the moon comes in our direction, whatever we are located on the earth, come before the sun. Okay? We get solar eclipse. That's only for a few minutes. But what the Bible is talking about here is not a solar eclipse like many people believe. No. Totally different. The sun will turn into darkness, the moon into blood. Okay? Solar eclipse looks similar, but this is much worse. Before that great and notable, notable day of the Lord comes. Noticeable. Some translation said. The day where you can see. This is you're going to see. People are going to see. People are going to experience. When this comes, before the day of the Lord comes, that notable day, the notable day when people will see Jesus in the cloud, coming in the cloud with his army, John says, praise the Lord. So in Matthew 24, hallelujah, Jesus also said he will come in with his angel, my brother and sister. So it's also confirming Peter what the Lord already has said to them, because they heard this from Jesus. Verse 30 of Matthew 24, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribe of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the cloud of heaven with power and with great glory. I saw this. I cried so much when I saw it, my brother and sister. But he's coming with so much power and so much glory. Okay, that is in his coming. That is in his coming. Okay? Praise the Lord. But Peter says this after. And it shall come to pass that whoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Could you imagine my people running from the, from the government to put the mark on the right hand or on the forehead or running from the demon repenting? Now people can stay home and go into prayer with the Lord and repent. But in those days, those that stay behind the great tribulation, they are running for their lives, okay? And, and they need to repent. They need to call upon the name of the Lord, my brothers and sisters. Running, hiding in caves, hiding whatever they can, my brothers, in bunkers, whatever they can hide. They are hiding for their life, and they're calling upon the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. Please, Lord, keep me from the horrible demon. At one time, I saw a bunch of believers it must have been over 40, running for their life. I saw behind them a group of demons, okay, with all kinds of things to torment them once they caught up to them. And, and I, I was so worried for them. Oh, they're getting close to them. Then I looked at the cloud. I saw Jesus standing in the cloud, my brother and sister. As he's standing in the cloud, he's looking at the demon getting close to his children that are crying out to him, and they're running for their life. And I saw when the Lord ordered the angel, go. And the angel came down with the sword, and when the demon saw the angel descending with the sword, 
they turned back and began to run, and the angel came on them, beating them up with a sword, my brother and sister. This is going to be horrible down here. Do not stay in the great revelation. And if you do, begin to call on the, on the, on the Lord on the first day, because this is going to be horrible. When that smoke are those pay, when those demons get released, my brother and sister, it's going to be pillars of smoke like people on this earth have never seen before. And they'll never see again. These horrible demons that are bound have no mercy, no, no love, and care for nobody. They're going to get the hold on this poor humanity, my brother and sister. And they're going to beat on them mercilessly. Right as they torment people when they go to hell, the same, they're going to beat up people down here. I saw one of the lost locusts at one time that were released. Had their hair like woman, the teeth like tiger, the nail like like waffle. And the only thing I, I saw was she went into the high school that I know on north and went into the high school and, and the locust followed this young man going hiding from her. There were several young men who I saw this, they were rap today with heavy metal music, we're going to the club, we're dating people online, and so much garbage of the devil, fall and fornication and lust. I saw the locust watching him like a serpent with those evil eyes and began to chase him. This young man, I was 100, I'm 100% sure he was a football player. His shoulder and his arm very strong, very developed, I believe he still had the shirt like one of the four players of the high school, my brother and sister. And this locust kept grabbing by the foot, my brother and sister. And he was trying with everything he could to move away from her. And she pulled him almost like nothing. And then she grabbed him by the shoulder with a strength. They have the strength of a thousand men, my brother and sister. And began to dig her nail, the claw, into the main shoulder. He was bleeding. And the pain, can you imagine this thick nail being dig into his shoulder? He was crying for her to let him go, and she didn't care. This ugly demon falling from the pit of hell was digging her nail into the shoulder of this young man. He didn't, know, he didn't look older than 19, my brother and sister. And he was screaming like he never screamed before for his life, and I walked to it, and then she dragged him into a closet trying to run away from me, and I rebuked and I said, let him go, and like they always said to me in the Great Tribulation, who are you to interfere in our business, they said to me, yes, because whatever goes on in the Great Tribulation is the devil business with humanity, my brothers, and right now is God business with them, trying to save them to go home in the rush of departure. But people are so prideful and they're, they're so delighted into this world that if they don't repent and turn to God, the greatest punishment that this humanity however received is coming upon them. Within, within, only God knows the time and hour. It's close. I tell you, it's close, 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 my brother and sister. Hallelujah. When Peter told them about these pillars of smoke, and the evil that was coming to them 2,000 years ago. G-men of Israel, hear these words, Peter said. Jesus of Nazareth, 
Men approve of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him. In the midst of you, are ye yourself also known, him being delivered by the determined will and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken by wicked hand and have crucified him and slain. But God have raised him, crucified and slain, but God have raised him up, having loosed the pain of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Hallelujah. He had the pain of death, I don't know for how many hours, but death could not hold on to him, because he said, no one can take my life, but I lay it down on myself. Jesus loves you, and he died for you. Hallelujah. At that cross, he proved his love to you. Can you prove his love to him by being faithful to him and seeking him every day? Seek him every day. He loves you. My brother and sister, because Father, hallelujah, Father said to this person that those that are rejecting his son now, when they go into the great tribulation, all the suffering that his son went through on the cross, he will allow them to go through in the great tribulation for being disobedient. Now is the opportunity for us to receive what Jesus did on the cross and repent. Because God is going to punish. I'm going to punish those that reject what is being offered to them. My son dying on the cross. They reject my son. I'm going to punish them in the great tribulation. The suffering that was done my son I'm going to bring on them the great tribulation. Only God can deliver this poor humanity, weak humanity, from the evil that will be released. The smoke of those ovens, and those demons get released, are going to fall the earth so much that the sun is going to turn into darkness and the moon into blood when all that wickedness get released. Matter insisted. There's hardly any time left. Praise your Lord. Time is short. Jesus is coming. Do not waste a minute without seeking the Lord, without repenting. Hallelujah. If you have not confessed the Lord as your Savior, confess him today. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. I believe you died for me on the cross and was risen on the third day. I give you my life. Please forgive my sin. And write my name in the Lamb Book of Life, please, Lord, save me. And prepare me to take me home, Lord, in your righteous departure when you come for your people. Lord, I want to come home with you, Jesus. Please, Lord, prepare my life and bring me home, Jesus. I repent of my sins and trespasses before you. In Jesus' name, and the Lord will forgive you. The Lord will restore you. The Lord will prepare you and bring you home. The Lord can... Break the power of the devil in your life and give your life to Jesus. Do not wait. Do not put it away. Jesus loves you and will love to save you and bring you home to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to him. You will not regret. If you give the, if you're not have received the Lord ever, and tonight you give your life to him, hallelujah, you will not repent of doing so. Repent of your sin. And trust pastor, you will not regret doing so because you will be very happy and full of joy in heaven with Jesus. Jesus will keep you. Jesus will deliver you. There's a second pandemic coming. I don't know when, but I know it's coming. God showed it to me. Many are going to drop dead in a few seconds when the second pandemic comes. 
CDC and FEMA will not know what to do. I heard it saying that the CDC and FEMA did not know where it come from. If, if it was another level of the coronavirus, they didn't know. They didn't know. They called this on COVID-19. The next one, they didn't know what to call it yet because they didn't have information about it. My brother and sister, this new pandemic is going to kill people almost instantly. But if they die without Jesus, hell enlarges herself to welcome those people. May you not be one of them who hell is enlarging herself to receive, my brother and sister, every minute their soul dropping into hell without Jesus. May you not be one of them. Please confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight. Commit your life to him. Jesus said, tell my children to commit to me. Commit to Jesus. Don't just be a Christian, a, a Sunday going Christian. No, commit to the Lord every day. Commit your life to him. Dedicate yourself to him. Thank you, Lord. Keep yourself for him. Do not contaminate you with no, with no sin, with nothing of this world. But keep yourself for him. Thank you, Lord. Keep yourself for Jesus. Commit to him. Hallelujah. I know we're, we're hard in commitment. A lot of people are having a hard time in commitment, but commit your life to Jesus. And just watch how he will keep you, hallelujah, in the days to come and deliver you from the second plague that is coming. This second plague is coming. It is coming. I, I, I feel something is coming. I know it's a second plague. My brother and sister, and God spoke to me this morning. Hallelujah, I knew this is, this is coming. What he tells me is it, close to come, I will tell you. Like I said to the coronavirus, at the end of last year, I said, it's close, it's close. When January came, I said, it's close, it's close. There were rumors that this started in, in China, Wuhan, China. I said, and, and the sister said, this is it, brother. I said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's going to come to the United States. It's going to split in the United States. And I said, hundreds of thousands and millions, I got recorded. It's recorded on the Lord's Tower. Hundreds of thousands and millions will die, I said, of the coronavirus. In this coronavirus, God told me there will be no cure known by men that will stop this coronavirus. It's going to go right into the great tribulation. The second plague, may God have mercy. Oh, if you can see what God showed me about the second plague, I saw people dropping dead, and there was nothing no, no one can do. The ambulance will not have time to bring people to the hospital. They'll be there on the spot, my brother insisted. You will see friends. You will see neighbors. You will see people dropping dead in second. Hallelujah. This is why we need to tell them to repent. Don't one way. Don't wait to tell people to repent. Because one day you're going to open your eyes and your neighbor's dead. A lot of your neighbor will be dead. My brother and sister. A lot of people are going to be dead. Soon and quickly. United States and around the world. The second plague, if they think the coronavirus, COVID-19 is too much. Imagine when the second place starts. My brother and sister, the hospital will be full, but not full with people alive. It will be full with dead bodies. My brother and sister, hallelujah. Full of dead bodies everywhere. This is how it's going to be very soon. You don't want to be part of that. God can deliver you from that. If you commit to him now, if you think of now with all your heart, God will deliver you. And if you teach it to your family, God will deliver them also. Please take this recording, download them from the Black Talk. Free, I give you permission to download them. Play them online. Play in your, put them on your, on your Facebook page. Let people know there's a second pandemic coming, worse than the coronavirus and COVID-19. 
that's going to begin to kill people. I want to reach out to more people before it comes, my brother and sister, because then I know I've done my work. I've been obedient to God to warn people. Once I have warned them enough, my brother and sister, a lot of people thought I was crazy back in, in 2018 and 2019, talking about this, this judgment that will come. Hallelujah. That will come so soon. That will change the world, I told the people. It will change the United States and the world. Send the archive. It's recorded. I kept telling people. Sister said, I, I hear you talking about this all the time. When is it going to come? You said it's here, but when? When, brother? When? It's coming. It's close, sister. It's close. It's already here, COVID-19. Now the second pandemic is coming, and i got to keep warning people because I know there's still not much warning about it. God is already talking to people and showing people dreams that there's a second judgment coming. My brother and sister, yes, there's a second judgment. That's a pandemic, second pandemic coming. Worse than the first, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Join us in prayer from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. for God to deliver our state. Okay? Thank you, sister. To deliver our state and, and for our state not to take the vaccine for the COVID-19. Please join us. Join us from 12 midnight a.m. to 3 a.m. Thank you, sister, for reminding me. Reminding the brothers and sisters, yes. Thank you for those that have joined us in our prayer. You don't need to pray three hours. You can do it one hour. But please join us. Join us. Thank you, sister. Please help me to continue to remind everyone else as we continue. And we pray for one another, for God to give us strength to continue to do. So thank you very much. I highly appreciate it. Thank you, each and one of you, for joining us tonight. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord Jesus give you his shalom like the world cannot give. Join us. Join us. Thank you. Those that are supporting us and praying for us. Keep us in prayer. And thank you for praying for us. And this hard day that we have gone through, praise the Lord, but God has given us the victory. Let's continue to seek the Lord. Shalom, shalom. Yeah. 